I saw a really funny tweet from, I believe, Andy Richter earlier this week where he was saying that he thinks there are some businesses promoting themselves as having spooktaculars, and he's not entirely sure that their specific events are genuinely spooktacular. Do they really live up to the spooktacular moniker? I can promise you this episode either is or is not spooktacular. Your Daily Lex today to take my kids trick-or-treating which makes me feel like father of the year even though it's clearly all about me because i get to leave work early uh it's not that big of a sacrifice um i uh i need to warn you and i think you've probably gotten my subtle hinting about this maybe i don't have much attention to pay here you know I think you could be paying more attention to me is what I'm trying to say. But next week, there will be no episodes of your daily Lex. So this episode might go long. If I have the stamina, if you have the stamina, if together we have mutual stamina, which I call mute stam, like Tim Cook calls it, cust sat or customer sat. Uh, but if we have mute stam, uh, I might go longer. I might go a full 20 minutes today. So you can just listen in five minute increments, uh, you know, so that uh, next week when you're missing me, because there aren't new episodes getting released, you still have some excellent Lex Friedman content to enjoy. I might do that. Well, I don't even know yet. Cause I'm only just now getting to about the one minute and 30 second mark. So who knows how much longer I'm going to go? Not you, not me, not anybody. I, I was thinking though, I'm going to be uh, unable to podcast next week. I'm not going to say that I'm going on vacation next week because then people would know that my house in uh, Northern Connecticut, where I live, wink in Northern Connecticut would be vacant and they would rob it. Although, I mean, if you want to take the challenge, I do have good locks and a burglar alarm, so go for it. Plus, not everybody will be gone from the house. So there, my watchdog will be here. His name is Bertha. It's a very unusual dog name, especially for a male dog, but what are you going to do? He feeds himself. Don't worry about it. He eats intruders. But anyway, I was thinking about every time I welcome an employee back from vacation, I tell them how sorry I am that they're back. I'm like, I, oh, I know the first day back after a work vacation a work vacation. That sounds horrible. The first day back at work after a vacation um, is awful. You know, you, <laughs> even if it's not like, certainly you miss vacation. Now you have to make your own bed or, you know, eat regular food, but just keeping the work hours fine. Just coming back to work would be challenging enough, but you always have, um, you know, uh, approximately 8 million things to catch up on. And that's the hard part. That's that, you know, if, if you could just come back to work and just pick up where you left off and, there's no slush pile to clear out. That'd be one thing, but you come back and there's like 87 extra emails. And that is such a low ball number for me. Um, but you know, there's just barrels and barrels of extra work waiting for you. So you don't really feel like you're caught up at work for another four or five days. So coming back from vacation is the worst. So if I were going on vacation next week, which again, I'm not saying I am, I live in Connecticut. Um, that's the house to rob is the one in Connecticut. Uh, but if I were going on vacation next week, I would already have this one slight nagging sensation of, oh my gosh, after that week, I'm going to come back to work the following Monday and uh, it's going to be just horrible. I'm going to have so much to do. Now, if I were traveling, which again, I'm not saying I am, um, you know, you, you want to be disconnected. You want to take a vacation sort of where you're off the grid, where you don't have to check in on the work emails all the time. Uh, that's partially true. Now, work for me, I don't want to, I don't want to let my inbox languish. So I have already informed myself, my colleagues and my wife, um, 
informing myself was the hardest. I took it really hard. But you know that I intend to do somewhere between 30 and 60 minutes of email checking a day. Now, I'm not taking a laptop. I'm doing, you know, iOS devices only on this vacation I'm not going on. That way I can spend a little bit of time each day checking in, triage some emails, get them sent over to other people to deal with, respond to the handful that absolutely need my careful, deft artistry and attention, and that'll be good. But I don't want to be entirely disconnected. I can't imagine coming back and not knowing just how many excellent tweets and uh, RSS entries I, I missed to go completely off the grid on vacation. I mean, I couldn't take my turns and board with friends, and it would mean I, I couldn't take, I, I couldn't, you know, see the hilarious, hilarious, I said it that way for the hilarious effect, but I couldn't see the entertaining tweets from my friends and loved ones, hear about the news in their lives, see what new scandal I should be fired up about. So in some ways, going too off the grid, I find really disconcerting. I, I enjoy all those things I read on the internet. Um, but checking them less on vacation, I'm fine with that. I can do like a once a day skim. At the end of my 30 minutes devoted to work, I can do like a two minute skim. Although, were I going on vacation, I would expect, which I'm not, I would expect that the internet could be very, uh, hey, it's the delete sound on my Mac. It could be very pricey. In fact, it could be charging by the megabyte. So I'm thinking that the, the strategy is I'm going to turn off um, background app refresh whatnot um, so that I don't use like, I don't gobble up insane quantities of data because that would be, that would be crazy and that would be bad. And bad is of course the opposite of good. So <laughs> that's what I'm going to try um, to turn that off. If I ever do go on a vacation, uh, now, again, as I mentioned, and as you know, since you know how to read a calendar, if you're listening to this on day of release, which is Friday, October 31st, it's Halloween. Now, if you're smart and you said, oh, he's already at minute six, I should save some of this for next week. Then it was, you know, it was Halloween a few days ago. Either way, you know, Halloween was either now or recently. Uh, so get that through your skull. Uh, skulls, which are scary. It's kind of funny that disembodied skulls are scary since they are, you know, <laughs> we all have them. If we could see everybody's skull at all times, maybe it would be less scary or maybe it would be totally terrifying. But uh, leaving work early to trick or treat is very exciting to me. But I still, I talked about this on turning this car around too, but we have this annual conflict. What do you do if everybody in the family wants to trick or treat? Uh, Lauren doesn't want to miss it. I don't want to miss it. That means you have to leave your house alone at the peak trick or treating time. So you, and we have Halloween decorations up. We're one of those families. So the house looks welcoming and inviting to trick or treaters, but they're going to come up and ring the doorbell and get no answer. So what do you do? The answer, of course, is you put the bowl of uh, you put the bowl of candy out there for everybody to see, uh, and just grab a piece. You put a sign, you know, take two or take three, and you hope it's on the honor system. Problem is, kids are jerks. I don't know if you know this. Not my kids, not your kids, but every other kid is a jerk. And every time we put out a bowl, you come back and that bowl is empty. Now you can say, okay, who cares? So somebody took all the candy, but I care. I don't want to reward the jerk for being a jerk. And I was discussing with some friends and one suggestion was put out really bad candy. I don't know. Werther's originals. I don't know. They're not bad. Tic Tacs, like, but the wrong, like orange Tic Tacs. Um, but put out some bad Tic Tacs was one advice or bad candy was one piece of advice I got. Uh, another idea I had was maybe you just put out toothbrushes because who's going to dump a whole basket of toothbrushes. But then I realized, you know what? Somebody is going to dump out a whole basket of toothbrushes. And that is just the worst. Um, because now you've rewarded them with many, many toothbrushes. They're going to be set with toothbrushes for life if they take like all 120 left in the bowl. Uh, not acceptable. So you could leave out no candy, but that's, I feel, even jerkier. 
What we've done in some years is we take our candy with us and we give it to other kids we see on the streets while we're trick-or-treating. Now, that's nice. It means we're doing our share to give out candy to people, but it's still not rewarding necessarily the kids who are coming to our house. You still have people. They're not going to know what house I'm from is my point. So they're walking around. We find them on the street and give them candy, but they don't know that we're the house over at X blanky road here in what state did I say? Connecticut, Delaware, Connecticut, Connecticut. They're basically the same. Um, so it's, it's, it's not a good solution is my concern. Wow. Everybody wants to uh, message me while I'm recording this. I guess if I record for more than five minutes, it's likelier that more means of communication could be used to reach me. I'm getting messages everywhere. But so I still don't know what to do. I considered hiring a, a sitter just to watch the house to give out candy while we're trick-or-treating. You know, so stay at my house for 90 minutes. I don't, how long do you trick-or-treat for? An hour, half an hour, two hours? Stay at my house for however long it is and give, hand out candy. Now, there's always the second question that comes up. When you are home to give out candy, you don't know how many people you're going to get. You know how much candy you have, but you don't know how many trick-or-treaters you're going to get. I never want to give out just one piece of candy unless you're a sullen teenager with a pillowcase. But if it's any more kids than that, if it's any more dressed than that, if you're in a costume, I want to give you at least two, sometimes three, sometimes 12 pieces of candy. And Laura's always like, you can't give that out. We're going to run out. And I was like, yeah, we never run out. And we've never run out, but there's always a concern. And of course, as you get closer to the end, you might have to give out just one piece of candy, uh, which is its own problem. If you, if you've given out so much early, then you have to go to the one piece, even for people who deserve in theory, multiple pieces by your set of candy, uh, sharing standards. So. My, uh, my kids, of course, were excited. Hey, it's Halloween time. Let's be fired up. And uh, two, the younger two spent the morning running into my room and turning off the lights like while I was getting dressed and whatnot, um, which was great. And then running into my room and shouting boo on me. And I told them, they were like, Daddy, do we scare you? And I, I, you want to be fun and rewarding, but you also want to be honest. And I'm like, well, you surprised me, let's say. I wasn't scared necessarily. And they're like, oh man, why? And boo! And then I just shouted boo at them, and they both freaked out. It was great. I love being a dad, um, but I do like Halloween. It's an exciting time. And the the other thing we struggle with each year is how much candy can the kids eat? I mean, capable of eating plenty, but how do you give it out? Can they just have as much as they want that first night? Do you just let them have a little bit every day? Uh, in past years, Lauren and I have eaten a whole lot of it. <laughs> They've eaten a lot of it too. I want to be clear. But we've had more than our fair share. But this year I won't. I was so proud of myself. Last night I took my eldest, Anya, to a, a Halloween party at her school where she, wore, she wanted to wear the whole wardrobe. So she wore a different costume to that party than she's wearing to trick-or-treat. Um, but uh, there were 46 Elsas at that Halloween uh, dance. But there were so many treats out. Uh, you know, donuts and brownies and cupcakes and cookies. And I had zero. So proud of my ability to have restraint. It wasn't easy. Uh, and I had to keep telling myself how proud I was of myself for not eating them, but I did it. And so I figured if I could do that, where it was like really gooey, delicious looking chocolatey goods, I can resist uh, eating my kids' candy. Um, what's funny is if I were going on vacation, I happen to know, which I'm not, I happen to know that that joke doesn't get old. So stop criticizing me in your heads, you jerks. But uh, I know that um, on this vacation, I will overindulge which is part of the reason I had been attempting to lose some weight before then. And I did, I lost you know, several pounds. I think that by tomorrow, by Saturday, an arbitrary date I'm choosing, not because it's a date I'm leaving on a non-existent vacation. I think I'll be down to about six pounds from when I started, which is a start. It's fine. I expect to gain them all back uh, on this non-existent vacation. 
but that's fine. I wanted to prove to myself that I could do it so that I could overindulge a little bit, not obscenely, but I just don't, I don't want to think about it when I'm traveling. Nobody wants to think about their diet on vacation, at least no smart person. So, which I am very smart. I'm intelligent, hugely high IQ. And so, um, my intention is to shed those pounds again when I return from the hypothetical trip to Hypothetica. It's a town in Eastern Europe. So that's the plan. We'll see. But anyway, I'm not going to eat their candy because I, I mean, this trim figure isn't going to take care of itself. I got to take care of it. That's how I roll. You ever think about how people like, uh, Rush Limbaugh, you probably don't. I don't know why you or I should ever think about Rush We should not. Let's not think about it. But do you ever think about how he does this show, his radio show solo for hours a day? I don't know if he takes calls or not, given that I've never listened to it. But just talking nonstop for a long time is a challenge. And here it's only been 12 minutes and 55 seconds. Um, so for them to do hours, it's impressive. I, uh, I do remember pretty vividly when I was in college, I did this radio show uh, that would be on at midnight. I believe we'll go from midnight to 1 a.m. I did this talk radio show with a friend of mine. And then in the summer, uh, they gave you longer blocks of time to fill because there were fewer students around at the college radio station. So they needed people to, to do longer shows. So the show became 12 to 3 a.m., which was just absurd. And very frequently, my co-host Eli, who was also staying uh, near Brandeis for the summer, he lived in Newton, Massachusetts, which is close by, he would not show up. You'd be like, oh, I'm tired. I'm not coming. So then I would have this three-hour block to fill. So I've done it. And I would. I would take calls, but how many people call the college radio station, which has, you know, a, a listening radius of about 50 yards? How many people call it between the hours of 12 and 3 a.m.? The answer is not that many. So it was a lot of monologuing and just talking about anything I could come up with, kind of like what I do here on Your Daily Lex. But on Your Daily Lex, it's typically condensed to five minutes at a time, where on that show, it was stretched to three hours. I would just talk about anything. And I would never, you weren't allowed to have a drink in the studio for obvious reasons. So I could never pause to take a drink, but this is my house. These are my rules. Ah, I have to say, when I took that sip, I was like, how loud can I, I was like that. How I was thinking, how loud can I make this sip so that it's audible and it plays in podcast form? And I'm, I'm going to tell you the truth. I am impressed with how loud that was. I don't think I could do it again if I tried. Let's try it. Okay, I could do it again. So apparently I have a, a skill I never knew about, which is I can drink water kind of loudly. So I think we should all be impressed and proud of my unique abilities. I can also, I can't remember if I've done this on the show before. I think I possibly have. I can also make the sound of a, uh, a horse galloping with my tongue. I don't know if this will play on podcast form, but we'll try it. I have this feeling that I've done that recently on the show. So if you're hearing it again, it's still really good. Uh, I'm not going to keep making mouth sounds for you, although I'm sure you're wishing I would. I just want you to know I have many, many talents. Uh, although Dave Coulier never put me on America's Funniest People. That was before he knew me, I guess. And if he knew me, it would have been like whatever the friend version of nepotism is. So, so I'll forgive him. Either way, I'll forgive him. It probably wasn't Dave's choice uh, not to have me be on America's Funniest People, but I should have been. I had a lot of special, stupid, human, Letterman-esque tricks. So I'm just saying. I'm, all I'm saying is I'm a unique individual. I'm a flower. I'm a catch. Now, I will say, when uh, when I was considering doing an extra long episode of Your Daily Lex so that you could have more to listen to, and I'm hoping, if if you're a person who, well, I'm hoping you divide it up into chunks, although it's meant to be consumed however is right for you, but I was thinking about doing this extra long episode 
my thought process went kind of like this. I could do that and then people could listen to five minute chunks. Maybe I'll put little lexes as breaks between different points, but I'm like, nah, if I'm going to do 20 minutes, I'm just going to do 20 minutes. I'm not going to break it up into chapters. But then I was thinking, um, if I do that, will it really uh, upset some listeners? Will they become unhappy? Because if you're a fan of the show, because it's a five minute show, uh, 20 minutes is not five minutes, which I get, uh, you know, people who listen to a five minute show every day aren't necessarily looking for a 20 minute show. Um, what are you going to do? Uh, and so I was mentioning this to my, uh, to a friend of mine and he said, you know, I could never hate you, Lex. You're wonderful. But I don't know if his is the popular opinion. I mean, I am wonderful. There's no question there. That's, that's, that's not for debate. What I'm saying, I, I imagine that some people who are comfortable with a five minute form won't hear this. Really what I'm getting at is I don't know exactly how many people listen to your daily Lex each day. It's fewer than 10,000 and it's more than 1,000. Um, but I don't know what percentage of them will listen to this episode. And I certainly, of the folks who do listen to this episode, I don't know how many people will make it to this point, which is, as you know, if you're looking at your uh, podcast player's clock, we're at the 17-minute mark now. Uh, and I'm aiming for 20. 20 being an arbitrary number. It's still not five minutes of your daily Lex covering this Friday all the way through next Friday, but I make the rules, not you, so deal with it. So I don't know how many people are here. So here's where I'm going to get real. Here's where I'm going to get deep, because I'm assuming we've, you know, we're now in the dozens of people still listening. And that's why I want to tell you about this episode's first sponsor. <laughs> no, that's not true. No sponsor today. Uh, but go to igloosoftware.com slash Lex, because I think, let's test it. I think that URL still exists. And, uh, I mean, if you bought from that page, it'd be pretty exciting, right? Yeah. And they, that page tells you that I'm father of the year, which is <laughs> a thing I said about myself earlier on this show, like 45 minutes ago, because I was so proud of, uh, the fact that um, I'm taking I'm taking off from work early to take my kids trick or treating. I also like that I'm leaving work early and yet I'm taking a 20 minute break out of my day to record this very special episode of Your Daily Lex. Now, to be fair, I'm recording it during my lunch break. To be fairer, I'm extremely hungry right now, so I can't wait until I hit the 20 minute mark so that I can go eat. Now, while I've been focusing on my food, um, ah, well, what I call my diet to Lauren is not appropriate, so I'm not going to say it. I, I am eating enough, but I'm, I'm not eating enough that I ever feel full. I'm always hungry all the time, and I'm just trying to embrace feeling a little bit hungry all the time and trying to train my body that it doesn't have to feel as hungry all the time. It can be content with what I'm giving it and not desperate for more. But one way that I do that is I have a peanut butter sandwich every day for lunch, and I have some veggie straws along with it um, because typically I have slightly larger lunches than that, and I'm trying to train myself, hey, I can have a smaller lunch, and it's enough calories and nutrients and whatever else that it should be fine. Um, but today I got the warning from my wife, do not have a sandwich today. We need the bread. We need the bread for tomorrow. I have enough bread to make sandwiches for everybody in the family tomorrow, but not if you Lex Friedman, a sandwich today. So I don't know what I'm going to have for lunch, especially since I've let myself get extra hungry by doing this 20 minute edition of the show. I mean, right now it's only 19 minutes and approximately eight seconds, but still you get the idea. Um, but letting myself get this hungry while I do the extended version is a mistake because I'm going to go out there into the kitchen in a or 40 seconds and say, geez, I'm just going to eat everything I can find. Can't do that. I don't know what the non-sandwich equivalent of the sandwich is in terms of caloric intake, but I'll figure it out. Anyway, thank you for sticking with me. It's a 20-minute journey of your daily Lex is a lot. I know that. And this is a, a weekly Lex. And it's meant to be considered a weekly Lex, even if you consume it all in one day. Uh, weekly with two E's, not the EA. I'm perfectly strong. I'm huge. I have a huge IQ and huge muscles. I could take you in a fight, Jean-Claude Van Damme. He's one of my most frequent listeners. Jean-Claude listens to every episode. Anyway, thank you. 
I will see you uh, the, I guess, the second week of November or something. I don't really do calendar math, but we'll talk again sometime around uh, Monday, November 10th. Lex. Lex.